Welcome to Ageless by Rescue. This podcast is devoted to exploring the science of rejuvenation, uncovering the most trusted experts, the must-have products, innovations, and technology in the field of vitality, aesthetics, new beauty, and cosmetic enhancement. I'm Baha Etmanen, the founder and editor of Ageless by Rescue. Ageless by Rescue gives you unprecedented access to international and Australian experts and visionaries. Hi, it's Miranda Kerr here on Ageless by Rescue podcast. Hi, this is Martha Kay and you are on Ageless by Rescue podcast. I'm Trini Woodall. I mean, I feel I'm being interviewed by the sexiest woman in the world. Dr. Stephen Lowe is a trusted and well-regarded cosmetic physician with extensive experience in aesthetic procedures and general medicine. Dr. Lowe maintains a keen interest in medical education and is committed to improving public knowledge about the risks and benefits of cosmetic treatments. He has a particular interest in regenerative skin treatments, including biostimulant dermal fillers, collagen-inducing skin and laser treatments, and today's topic, which is micro-focused ultrasound skin tightening, aka therapy. He owns a private clinic on the lower North Shore of Sydney, and today, Dr. Stephen Lowe is my guest on Ageless by Rescue. What an absolute delight to introduce Dr. Stephen Lowe to Ageless by Rescue podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been, you've been on my wish list to speak to, so it's really wonderful that we're here together today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be with you. Now, you are renowned for a lot of uh, treatments in the cosmetic medicine space, but we're talking today about one of the number one concerns that I am messaged about that we see in search, and that's skin laxity and lifting, because outside of cosmetic uh, surgery, there seems to be not a lot of middle ground um, on this treatment, you know, filler will plump out the skin, but what happens when gravity hits and skin, you know, firmness and, um, you know, the, the hands of time start pointing down. Yeah, I think you're, I think you're completely correct. I mean, I I think there are a number of options that people have, whether, whether they really treat the underlying problem, I think is the main, the main um, issue. So we can use, our anti-wrinkle injections to create some temporary lift just by relaxing muscles. As you mentioned, we can create some new volume and shape with filler. But really devices and techniques where we're actually trying to improve the quality of the skin and actually achieve some lift, I think, is, is an area that is advancing but is in desperate need as well because you can only fill and relax so much. I mean, you can end up actually making people look worse, I think, by overfilling, over relaxing. So I think making sure we always go back to the foundation of the face and work out why why it's starting to descend, why we're seeing some of this drop and some of this laxity and really starting to think about the underlying cause and then trying to kind of create a, a plan that addresses each of those contributing factors. I think um, what you were saying about the underlying cause is one of the things I always like to dig deep into. You know, one of the things that uh, I know from research is that we never search for a device or a brand. What we search by is concern. And the concern that we're talking about is firmness and loose skin. So can you tell us in terms of underlying, when 
when does this start occurring if you know if you don't consider just environmental let's talk about hormonal and aging when does the uh loss of firmness and the the sagging and the lack of sharpness really start presenting itself so uh, sadly we start to lose some collagen from our probably our mid 30s um and i think that we can we can actually measure the amount of collagen loss over that time, but it's, it starts quite early. So the the key, I think, is understanding, as you said, where where some of these technologies fit into that process. There are a number of factors that lead to an aging appearance, as you mentioned. Clearly, just chronological aging. We are we're all aging, and that's completely normal. And our bodies are programmed to to react differently as we get older to how we reacted when we were in our teens and twenties. But certainly, you mentioned about hormonal, and that's a big change. So perimenopause, that, that phase of going from your fertile kind of regular menstrual life into the cessation of, of um, periods and that drop in estrogen has a significant effect on skin quality and appearance. And actually, there's been numerous studies that have shown that, that really over those five years of perimenopause, there can be up to about a 30% reduction in skin collagen, which is a huge amount over That's a short a period of time. a huge amount. And, it, and it's, you know, what? it's suddenly, I can certainly say I'm 47 and I, I definitely know. Um, I remember going to see my skin doctor and um, he said to me, that is hormones. That I need you to go and start having a look at your hormones before that's estrogen. And it Mm. was like such a mind blowing conversation. It had never occurred to me. I really thought I could, you know, fill it, lift it, zap it. Um, So it was actually an incredibly great gift that he gave me to, to start looking at that. But then the next thing that he said to me goes, you know, uh, diet and uh, lifestyle aside, we need to incorporate some um, energy-based devices into stimulating the collagen because it's not just skin quality that you know you want to treat. It's also the firmness and the lifting. And so that was when I was first introduced to energy-based devices. And um, the you know the one we're going to talk about today is, is one that I've had. I've had it twice. Is all therapy. And so I want to say the first time I had all therapy would have been about maybe five years ago. And more recently, I had it again, um, maybe four or five months ago. And I honestly, I'm so grateful I had it before lockdown, because, you know, in the absence of injectables and all other treatments, thank God I had the old therapy. It's perfect timing. Yeah. You can just be reborn out of um, of lockdown. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My collagen is rebuilding. (laughs) I think um, I think that's a, a good age to be thinking about having um, treatments like call therapy. We can talk about the kind of different options that people have, but I, you know, from those late thirties, those mid thirties, late thirties, where we start to see some drop in collagen. Certainly for women, probably from kind of mid forties onwards, when when hormones are starting to change, I think that's often a good time to be thinking about just trying to be just trying to be ahead of that curve rather than waiting to see a really obvious difference and then thinking, okay, now I need to do something. That that process is happening. We know that it's a relatively predictable process, the aging process. And in actual fact, trying to be ahead of that curve, I think, is the key. Putting the brakes on things and just slowing down where we start to see changes before they get to a point where we need to be a little bit more 
uh, drastic with what we offer or consider because it's kind of gone beyond that point where it's going to be an easy fix with some of the energy-based devices, as you mentioned. So let's talk about what is old therapy because there, there is, you know, and we were talking about it before, it's known as old thera or old therapy and there's uh, other energy-based devices in the market. And I'll, I'll get you to explain the difference between the technologies too, but what's old therapy? So old therapy is, I mean, I guess it's a kind of junction of, of ultrasound therapy is where it came from. So it's an ultrasound-based device that is able to release very precise and very focused amounts of ultrasound energy at specific depths under the skin surface. And the purpose of it is to concentrate that energy at very discrete areas so that we can create heat under the skin surface. And similar to other devices that also rely on, on heat technology, the body's response to heat is to start a repair response. So effectively, we're creating uh, maybe tiny, tiny little micro burns under the skin surface where we don't see them on tissue that we're trying to stimulate new collagen to grow in. And the body's reaction to that tiny little micro burn is to start to grow collagen and elastin and actually kind of re rejuvenate itself, repair itself um, over a number of weeks and months. And the result is that we can create new collagen in the target layers where we want to see more lifting and more tightening. So is the is the point of difference that we're really talking about that the ability to target and the different layers that you're going under? Because there's lots of collagen induction options now, you know, and yes. we talk about, you know, taking oral collagen, you can do laser, you can do PRP, you can do threads. There's a lot of ways to induce collagen. Is the difference and the benefit of doing ultrasound energy therapy for boosting collagen and promoting that kind of, as you said, the micro wounding through heat um, is, is the point of difference and the efficacy increased because it goes, it's so specific, the areas that mm. it targets. Is that, is that the point? So the, um, the two things that are really nice, I think about all therapy is um, it's use of ultrasound energy. So most people are familiar with ultrasound from having maybe women having a scan during their pregnancies or, you know, if we've had a sports injury, looking at the muscles and the tendons. So we can use ultrasound in two ways. We can use it diagnostically to, which is what we're more familiar with when we go along for a scan to, to make sure things are looking normal or to diagnose a problem. But we can also use ultrasound therapeutically. And that's where we're able to concentrate ultrasound energy very, very precisely. So instead of, um, the, the analogy which still works is, I, I don't know if you did it when, when you were little, I certainly did it when I was little, where you have a magnifying glass and a piece of paper and you line up the image from the sun and you can focus that energy really precisely and, and burn a hole in the surface of the, the paper. And the, the, the therapeutic ultrasound is the same. We're able to, to channel that energy into very, very precise points. The benefit of all therapy is that we have both of those technology, those ultrasound technologies in the same machine. So we I understand can, what you're saying. So you know where you're going. We can look under going. the surface. Yes. Gotcha. So right. we can look under the surface, look to see the structures that we want to target and be able to use that diagnostic ultrasound to see those specific layers that we're really trying to um, stimulate collagen in. And then at the same time, release the, the therapeutic ultrasound and create these tiny, tiny little micro wounds in that target tissue. And it's that precision that I think makes all therapy 
in my opinion, better than, than maybe some other devices because it has that ability to see exactly where you're going. And, and that's really important. You know, under the skin surface, there are a number of important structures, clearly in the face there's very important structures. Having that accuracy and that precision, I think, is, is key. One key to get the best result, but also key to try and minimize harm and to minimize any complications as well. One of the things that I loved about uh, my treatment is that um, the practitioner was explaining to me that, you know, I can do specific treatment areas. It's not just a kind of a macro treatment and devil may care. So she was saying, you know, you can give a brow lift. You can focus more on the, you know, the jawline. You can give a cheek lift. And um, and I guess, you know, in the hands of a trained practitioner, when they've got the visibility of where on your particular face they need to treat and then sending those micro ultrasound um, energy to to those areas, you can do that really specific um, treatment. Tell me, when, when we're talking about the face, are there areas of the face that will be more susceptible to sagging, looseness earlier than other parts of the face? I think we definitely see areas around the eyes. The, the eyes are, are a common area to start to see that change in skin quality, that kind of fine development of finer skin because the skin under the eye is very thin. Um, and I think because it's a, also a dynamic area where we see, um, you know, because of the constant blinking and movement, that the skin's under quite a lot of dynamic pressure. So we definitely see some changes under the eye. But the, the common area that everybody hates is where they start to see that development of kind of jowls along the, the jawline, where they just start to see that little bit of heaviness here. And they just start to kind of, you know, start to find themselves just holding things back a bit and thinking, you know, if this was just a little bit higher, this would be all I would need. And I and I think that's often, in my opinion, quite a good indicator of who's good for all therapy. I think if they can just create that, it just needs a little bit of lift. I think that's that's often where all therapy is good. So you can, I mean, as you mentioned, you can focus in just on some areas. So the, the brow is a great area just to do in isolation and often quite a good area to do for somebody if they're just a little bit cautious about having a treatment done, they're not, they're not maybe fully committed. They're not sure. They just want to try and see how it goes. Doing doing a brow is is quick and straightforward. It's pretty painless. They often see a result um, within a few months. So it's quite a good area as a test area. But definitely, the majority of the areas are are down here because this is the area that, as you mentioned, starts to sag in in, in the aging process quite early on. And I think. I think sagging is is a really unpleasant thing that happens with to us all as we age. I mean, I think a few lines here and there, I think, can be. I always say the same thing. I can nice. live with a I couple mean, of wrinkles. I don't yeah. mind the wrinkles. I don't like pigmentation and I don't like sagging. They're the two yes. things that I'm always like on the warpath for. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Talking about uh, spot treatment. Um, and, you know, trouble zones, would you have an old therapy treatment for your whole face in one go? Is it, would you do that? Because I actually ended up splitting my treatments um, because I wanted to treat a, a larger area. But could you could you have all of your face done? So, yes, you can. And I think there's, there's, there's two schools of thought about it. I agree it can be quite good for people just to divide and do smaller areas. Um, and as we mentioned, the brow is a good area. The, the neck and the decolletage are quite good areas, quite small areas to treat, but you get a really nice effect. I I prefer when we're 
dealing with the lower face. My thinking now is I prefer to do to treat the whole face when I'm treating the lower face, Be- only because I think it's all interconnected. It's there's this kind of scaffold system that exists under the skin surface where there's ligaments that um, come from the bone and kind of weave their way through the skin and then actually uh, kind of push their way through those muscle layers and right up to the skin surface. And I think I, I think of it as a scaffold. It's kind of like a 3D matrix. And I think if we treat areas in isolation, I, I, I worry that the risk is we don't get that global improvement to the scaffolding. Much like if you had scaffolding in a house and you just replaced one beam, it's probably not going to change the whole structure if the structure is not as strong as it used to be. So I think I think we do need to be careful not to isolate too much because I think we don't then get that global improvement. But to answer your question, sorry, the, the full face, yes. So I, I used to treat primarily the lower face, but now when I'm treating the lower face, I also include the upper face because I think nice the brow layer. it lifts the bottom yes it's and it's such a beautiful subtle lift it just gives you that little bit of extra you know um space here and it's yes. very natural you know unlike injectables that can go wrong um it does give you a really subtle natural lift speaking of subtlety who is the ideal candidate for uh, an, an ultrasound lifting treatment like old therapy, who, who would do it and who would get the best result from it? Yeah, patient selection, like most of these treatments that we do, patient selection is, is key because if we, um, we need to have those discussions with patients at the beginning of the consultation process to make sure that, one, we've selected out the people who we think are going to get really good results, but also so we don't, we need to be realistic about expectations and and make sure that the result they get is in line with what they were expecting to get. Otherwise, there can be disappointment from both sides. So yeah, the key people, I think, are it's when you start just to feel like there's just that loss of crispness and you're just starting to see that little bits of a, a bulge developing, particularly along the jawline, or you're just starting to see that the, the lift of the brow is just starting to flatten and often you're having to kind of hold things up a bit more when you're doing your makeup. Um, and I think for other areas, like when we're when we're treating the neck or the decolletage, a lot of that is about skin quality. So when you're just seeing that the skin is starting to lose some of that lovely kind of elastic recoil that it has when we're younger, that when you kind of stretch the skin, it just pops back again. As we get older, it's just it just all becomes a little bit more sluggish when it um when we start to to stretch it, if we lift our skin up and it just takes that little bit longer to kind of snap back to where it was, I think those people are are great candidates for health therapy. And in terms of uh, ethnicity and skin tone, um, I know that uh, health therapy is hugely popular in Asia and it's probably the number one treatment for Asian um, skin who's looking for lifting and firming. Uh, but what about um, darker Fitzpatrick skin tones? Is there any chance of like melasma or triggering pigmentation because it is heat-based? Yeah, people often have that um, concern, particularly with laser treatments. They're concerned about it triggering post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. The good thing about ultrasound is that it's not attracted to any of those pigment-producing cells in our skin. And that heat energy is going deeper under the skin surface. So it can be used in any skin color. We can use it in black skins. We can use it on, as you mentioned, um, it's a very popular treatment in Asia. But so it's one of the clear advantages of all therapies that we're not limited by skin color. And I've, I've never seen a problem with 
um, hyperpigmentation after treatment, and is which there, is great. It just makes it a better option. It definitely, and you know, Australia is so multicultural, and um, you know, not just you know. I asked you when is the ideal time or who's the ideal candidate, but I guess um, skin tone and skin type is also um, a factor. What, what about um, how many treatments? do you need, say, for example, in a year? Is it a multi-application treatment? Or in my experience, I haven't had to have multiple applications, but, you know, what, what's the recommended uh, frequency of treatment? So the, the good thing with, with health therapy is generally for most people, it will be a single treatment. The So occasionally I've been doing some research with a, a doctor down in Melbourne looking at whether dividing the treatments into multiple sessions rather than a single session is as effective. So there may be a role for that in the future once we've uh, finished looking at our research. But at the moment, a single treatment, uh, generally it takes, it, it's not an instant result. I think that's the thing that's important that people oh, yeah, understand gonna, when they're having yeah. these, when they're having these treatments is that this is not a treatment for people who are looking for instant improvement that day or that week, like we often see with our anti-wrinkle and, and filler treatments where, where there's that almost instant result. This is very much a treatment for, for longer term planning. This is for people who want to make sure they're still looking good in six months, a year, in two years, in five years, who are more invested in a longer term rejuvenating healthy appearance plan. Um, so you do a, a generally single treatment. I know often we assess them around about three months, certainly by six months. I think it can take six months to sometimes see the best results. And for most people, they might consider doing another treatment. I like another treatment at a year after their first one. And then beyond that, maybe every couple of years, I think you can space them out after that. And is there um, any downtime if, you know, for any puffing or redness? I mean, for me, it wasn't, but I don't want to talk about just what my experience was. You you see so many patients that you treat with L-therapy and, you know, I guess the the technical protocols for using the, the treatment, do you say that there's downtime? The, so generally not, which is a good thing. Most most people will tolerate it very well. You can get I think some, it hurts. I think it hurts. Yes, it does. Um, it, it hurts yes. me, and I, I've got a reasonable pain threshold, but it's definitely tender. But I, you can walk out of the clinic and you look fantastic; like you can go straight into yes. a meeting. You could, yeah. You can sometimes. I mean, you can get a little bit of redness. Occasionally, some people will be a little bit puffy for a day or so, but probably nothing that MDLs would notice. They might notice on themselves, but probably nobody else would. Uh, very occasionally, you can get some swelling just in the. The very top of the skin. If we've used I the energy, I quite like the swelling because it makes it look yeah, like the swelling's quite nice. I know that's terrible, but that's one of the things I like. It feels like a bit of an instant, you know. Yes. Feeling. You feel just a little bit plumped and a little bit. Um, you do. You know, there is something quite nice about it. <laughs> but yeah, for most most people, they generally tolerate it well. As you mentioned, it can be a little bit tender afterwards. Um, just when you're washing your face, sometimes it can feel a little bit tender along the the bone. Very occasionally, you'll get some some tingling in the skin just where some of those superficial um, little sensory nerves are just a little bit um, excited by the, the energy, but that all settles down. Very few significant side effects with it, which makes it nice. I mean, I think, I think it's always important that we talk about the common side effects that people see, you know, maybe a little bit of pinkness or swelling. 
but also the rarer side effects, albeit rare, I think it's important that people understand what can happen. But the good thing about health therapy, there's, there's very few long-term, bigger risks, albeit that they're uncommon, um, as long as we're careful to avoid a couple of, of nerves that we know run in certain areas of the face and we just we plan our treatments accordingly, then I think it's a very safe treatment. Um, what about, uh, I have a question, does it dissolve fat? Does old therapy and ultrasound therapy dissolve fat? So this is a common question, people. And if you if you Google all therapy, it's I think it's it's still um, something that commonly comes up in threads yeah. and forums that people are concerned about um, fat loss. So the answer is no, um, but I'll explain why because it's it is something that kind of recurs and people do um, have a concern about. The the main difference with health therapy, if we think back to how it's working, is that we're able to see those very specific layers under the skin with our ultrasound scanner. So we can have good confidence that where we're about to deliver that ultrasound energy is where we want it to go. And the two structures that we want to target with health therapy is that scaffold that I mentioned. So that kind of layered over the surface of the muscle that forms part of that scaffold network. And the second layer we want to target is just under the skin surface because we want to see new collagen and we want to see firming and, and improvement in skin quality just under the skin surface. And improve well. the skin quality too. So if we can target some of that energy just under the skin, so that interface just under the, the level of the, the dermis, the top of the skin, we can see some remodeling and some collagen improvement to the to the skin as well. And I've been lucky enough to, to do some study work looking at what the effect on the skin is as well. And I think we do see improvement in skin quality. But because we have that precision, we can avoid the fat. We we don't need to direct our energy into the fat. And so by being more precise, I think we can protect the fat. Whereas some of the other devices, and I think this is probably where the concern about fat loss has come from, some of the other devices maybe don't have that same level of precision and therefore, inadvertently, some of that energy is going into the fat and maybe causing some problems. So our therapy, because of that precision, we're able to avoid the fat and I think, therefore, avoid any problems with dissolving fat. What's the difference between ultrasound therapy, radio frequency uh, and laser? What You know, you've explained our therapy using ultrasound, but what does radio frequency or laser therapy, if, if they're being used for tightening and lifting, mm -hmm. what's the difference? So the, all of these energy-based devices, so all therapy, as you mentioned, radio frequency, laser, all exist on this kind of spectrum of energy that exists. And that will include ultrasound or microwave energy or sound waves or light that we can see, ultraviolet, infrared. So they're all part of the spectrum of energy. And so it's just using different um, different types of energy from that spectrum. So radio frequency is kind of in the same zone in that spectrum of energy as all therapy. The difference with radio frequency treatments is that they tend to generate heat from the outside of the, of the skin, and then that heat is transmitted through the skin. And so in doing so, the um, radio frequency is also a very good treatment for tightening, but in uh, radio frequency really works at, at uh, concept of bulk heating. So it makes all of the skin warmer, the tissue under the skin, the fat, the muscle, the connective tissues all get heated in the process. And so there's a more of a diffuse heating effect. And the body's response, again, to that heating effect is to stimulate collagen 
Whereas all therapy is just that little bit more precise that it will only target the tissue that we're that we're interested in and will avoid unnecessarily treating or exposing tissues that we don't want to treat to energy. Laser is on that spectrum again, but laser tends to work very superficially just in the top layers of the skin. So it's great for pigmentation, for redness, for skin texture improvement. So the, the feel of our skin, the appearance of our skin, but devices that we where we want that lift to come from a little bit underneath and to get more support from underneath the skin need energies that can get deeper into the skin. And that's really our ultrasound radio frequency, as you mentioned. And, you know, I always want to ask every doctor this. There are so many options for you to choose from. There's such a lot of technology and the explosion of technology. Why did you pick old therapy for your clinic as opposed to another skin tightening or, you know, lifting technology? It's um, it's a really good point because it's, it's hard for, I mean, I think it's hard for doctors and nurses sometimes to, to decide what device to pick. And we have uh, the benefits of, of maybe having more knowledge about the about the devices and the machines and time to understand them but for the for patients for consumers for the person looking around in this industry it's it's really confronting and really confusing to be bombarded with all these as you mentioned earlier all these these technologies and devices that can stimulate collagen or tighten or it's it's really it's really confusing and i think um, shows like this i think are great at trying to kind of tease apart some of the 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 language and get people to understand more about the treatments but i chose it because primarily um for the clinical evidence that comes with it one of the things about cell therapy is there is a number there's over 90 research papers have now been published purely on all therapy and that that gives confidence with the treatment that we have good scientific evidence to support its use but importantly that we've got safety data for its use that we are not just using the device and relying on anecdotal evidence of just seeing how our treatment went and how our treatment we, we did six months ago went. We have years and years of really high quality evidence to look at. And so clinical evidence, safety profile, it's been rated the kind of gold standard for skin tightening by a panel of experts of, of surgeons and dermatologists who looked at a number of factors, including those safety profile, tolerability, patient satisfaction, uh, the clinical evidence, and collectively, all therapy was was rated as a gold standard. So, I'm I'm all about clinical evidence. I like um, I like to know that the treatments that I offer work and that there's science behind them. And I, and uh, importantly, most importantly, probably that there's a that there's good safety data to support their use. That seems to be a perfect place to leave it. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. I think we can't talk about this stuff enough because there's so little time often when you go in for a consult. So I really wanted to dedicate the time and to introduce you as an expert to speak about this technology because I think it's so important. Given that there are so few things you can do for firmness and lifting, I wanted to really shine a light on a particular device that I, I've used and I like and I recommend to, to my friends, And but I wanted... I'm not a medical expert and um, I always like to have the experts do the breaking down of the science, you know, and I can just be a very happy consumer of it, but it was a pleasure. Yeah, it's a, pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure to talk to you as well. So thank you for, thank you for inviting me. I'm happy to talk about it. Thank you, Dr. Lowe. Thank you very much. 
Ageless by Rescue is brought to you by Rescue Me Academy, Reignite Your Relationship course. Love your relationship but miss the early days? You're not alone. This course will teach you how to identify your issues, stop the fighting, find what you need to be happy, re-spark intimacy and keep the lines of communication open. Join us at rescuemeacademy.com.au to learn more about the program and to download your first free lesson. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please share and rate this episode. I'd love that. I'm Baha Etmanen, your host and founder of Ageless by Rescue. For more exclusive content, show transcript, behind the scenes video, real people reviews and extended interviews with experts, I invite you to please follow us at Ageless by Rescue on Instagram, Facebook and Rescue TV on YouTube. You can also sign up to receive our e-magazine and newsletters all for free.